Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to sexual assault, sexual content, human suffering, mental conditions, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Yeah, officer, he's a child molester, and he breathes fire and flies! I'm Andy. The cafeteria lies strewn about you as the riot rages. You have a plus one shiv. Roll for initiative. I'm Adam. Bob this hat roll this missile. I'm Sean. I already did my intro, don't you remember? I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Acid Pop. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Satanic Panic. Ooh. Oh, fun. <laughs> so everyone get their... Uh... Pentagrams? My dancing shoes. <laughs> I, I like any panic that rhymes with the, the first word. Going on down to Georgia. I was going to say, get your false accusations ready. <laughs> so going into etymology, Satan is Hebrew, meaning adversary, one who plots against another. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So even getting into like the etymology of Satan gets really confusing, though, because yeah. there's some debate as to what Satan is in the Bible. Satan is hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy. This guy is complicated. Well, that's the thing. They're not even sure there is a Satan in the Bible. <laughs> no, there's really not, from what I understand. Because there is the word Satan, and there are people who are described as Satan, but the word just means adversary, so it can just mean like someone who's acting as, well, kind of a funny turn, but as a devil's advocate. <laughs> To himself, huh? (laughs) I'm advocating myself. It was sometimes just used to describe angels that God sent down to punish humans. God sent a Satan at us. (laughs) Heads up. Wait, you're telling me there's mistranslations in the Bible. (laughs) Look, it's just a possibility. (laughs) Sounds like somebody incepted the Bible. Now, panic comes from... (laughs) (laughs) From deep in the soul. I thought that was an order. (laughs) Comes from the current state of our country. (laughs) Panic comes from Greek panikon. I've been to panikon. That was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It's chaos. (laughs) The panikon canal. (laughs) (laughs) Which is literally pertaining to pan. Oh, interesting. So we all know pan, god of wood, fields, and wine. Well, not personally. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of looks like Satan, too. That's true. Oh, my God. He was the source of the mysterious sounds that caused contagious groundless fear in herds and crowds or in people in lonely spots. (laughs) Or lonely people. (laughs) All right. Moving on to fear. The fear of Satan is appropriately satanophobia. Uh, We could have gotten more creative with that. Satanomonopia. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound of Satan makes. (laughs) And I couldn't find a fear of being falsely accused in our phobias lists, but uh, that would be appropriate here if there was one. Going on to science and history, the satanic panic was a moral panic that started in the 1980s. Yeah. 
Everyone familiar with moral panics? Not like intimately. <laughs> All the children are doing something I don't like. Oh, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the children. It's basically just sort of a mass upwelling of fear, usually stoked by politicians and the media. Look, something different. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> Communists are here. Exactly. So generally, this was the belief that Satanists had secret organizations across the world where they were ritually torturing children, recruiting new members, and generally tearing apart the fabric of society. <laughs> and reality. So this sort of hit as a perfect storm of various factors. Fundamentalist Christianity was on the rise at the time. As was Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I was going to say D&D. <laughs> uh, Rosemary's Baby had come out. <laughs> it's just the perfect storm. <laughs> And recovered memories or recovery of repressed memories was very in the vogue mm. in psychology. Mm -hmm. The new spiritualism. Yes, the new spiritualism. And the government was, and this is a good thing, taking the sexual abuse of children much more seriously <laughs> and attempting to put a stop to child pornography. Unfortunately, they developed some questioning techniques that involved leading questions, long interviews, and praising memories of a supposed event while punishing any denials that the event happened, which led to children telling some pretty interesting stories. Yeah. So when was the first time you worshipped Satan? Uh, <laughs> yesterday? For example, most preschools do not possess hot air balloons, despite many children questioned during the satanic panic remembering rides in them. <laughs> That seems like a weird... Was that part of the questionnaire? Well, when the kids were pressured to remember events, they got very creative in what happened during those events. <laughs> and Batman was there. <laughs> You'll see. It's uh, th They told some exciting stories. <laughs> I'll bet. Batman was there and he was fighting Satan? Or was it Etrigan? I don't know. <laughs> I've read Axe Cop. <laughs> I mean, these were like six and seven-year-olds, so... Yeah. Because memory is a big part of what was going wrong at the time, we're going to start with a true and false all about memory facts. Mm. Ah, crap. Johnny Mnemonic? <laughs> mnemonic. M mnemonic. Andy, have you already forgotten all your memory facts? Huh? <laughs> so, true or false, walking through doorways makes you forget. That's true. Uh, is it true? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. Just because you've heard it doesn't mean it's true. Well, it makes it more possible than not having heard hey, it. Adam squirrels have psychic powers. I've heard that just now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's false because doors are not magic. <laughs> I mean, I, to some degree, it's true. I'm going to say like 15% true. <laughs> So this is true. What? Gotcha. Yeah, 0.15 of a point. <laughs> Walking through doorways sort of reboots your brain. People are two to three times more likely to forget what they were doing if they walk through a doorway. Yeah, that's why you huh. walk into the bathroom, then you forget why you went in there in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> and then you pee your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and this works even if the subjects were simply told to think about walking through a doorway. Oh, wow. <laughs> think about walking through a doorway. Uh, what? I said, think about walking through a doorway. Um, uh, what? This is spiraling out of control now. <laughs> this is why my entire house is an open concept. There are no doors. Yeah, I only live in studios. I only dive out windows when I leave buildings. <laughs> All right. True or false, people with bad memories are more susceptible to developing false memories. Huh. I'm going to say True. I'll say false. It seems plausible. It seems true. Like, sort of like the blind spot in your eye. Your brain just kind of makes up a memory to fill the gap. This is, in fact, false. Yeah. What? Yeah. Scientists found in studies that regardless of how good a subject's memory was, they were all equally capable of developing false memories. 
Well, sure, we're all capable of lying, I guess. <laughs> At least the scientists think they remember that happening. <laughs> I'm not. My son made a weird wish. <laughs> In one study, psychologists used lure words like pillow, duvet. <laughs> okay. In this study, they used words like pillow, duvet, and nap. And the majority of studies believed beyond a reasonable doubt that they had heard the word sleep, even though they hadn't. Hmm. Hmm. Sleep. <laughs> Eyewitness testimony is notoriously unreliable. Definitely true. I um, guess yeah, so. I just I'll don't know why true. it would be. This is true. 73% of the 239 convictions overturned through DNA testing since the 1990s were originally convicted due to eyewitness testimony. Yeah. People who need their eyes checked. <laughs> well, I've heard stories about like a plane crashed in the woods and then they asked for eyewitnesses to come forth. And then all these people came forward that heard the crash, but in their minds, they'd worked it up until they saw the crash. <laughs> I saw it with my ears. Yeah. So these people would be like, oh, I saw it. It happened right here. And so they would get conflicting reports from two dozen people that the plane went down several hundred miles apart huh. and they all saw it. And the interesting thing about constructed memories is it is a memory. Yeah. So their memory to them is as real as the memories of the people who really saw it is to them. Yeah. I, I heard a freaky study that basically said that you cannot recall a memory. You can only rewrite a memory. You rebuild it every time. And so, you know, if an error gets in there, it's in there forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. <laughs> Every time you think about a memory, it changes a little bit. And this is why I try to be really good about only correcting people on things I remember differently from them. If I have like other memories that support my basis, <laughs> because I'm like, well, maybe I'm the one who has the false memory. That does it. I'm no longer remembering anything. <laughs> I cannot be a part of any of these studies because I would have to be committed afterwards. <laughs> Wait till you get to what are your morals worth? <laughs> no, I'm going mad. <laughs> Negative memories are easier to recall than good ones. Hmm. That sounds true. It sounds true, but I'm going to say false in the hopes that everybody is happy. <laughs> no, that's got to be true. Andy is actually correct. This wow. is false. It feels true? Yeah. So doesn't that make it true? <laughs> <laughs> In studies, people have an easier time recalling positive memories. Interesting. I feel like I remember my negative events much more vividly. <laughs> yeah. And I also feel like my brain is just like, hey, remember this time? I was like, I wasn't even thinking about something close to that. <laughs> <laughs> One year after an event, your memory of the details change by 50%. Ooh. I'm going to say true based on what we've been told. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say false. It probably changes by 70% at that point. I'll say false and hope it's less. It's changed by 100%. Mike Wazowski was there. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Oh. We tend to be good at time and place, but things like who you were with and <laughs> what happened before and after the event get really fuzzy really fast. <sighs> Yeah, I always remember our mutual friend Dave telling that story over and over again until he was the one that did it instead of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I told him a story and he told it so many times until he was the protagonist. Must be a good story. <laughs> we don't have any uh, short answer today. We're going straight to terms. And terms are all focused today on different moral panics or different aspects of moral panics. Mm. I want to answer questions about the devil. Yeah. What is the blood libel? Huh. Blood libel? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the King James blood libel? <laughs> 
blood libel would have to be something false that I write about somebody in my own blood. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that sounds really serious. <laughs> blood libel is when someone accuses you of having a blood type that you don't have. <laughs> so this is the anti-Semitic belief that Jewish people murder Christian babies and use their blood during Jewish holidays. <laughs> For what? <laughs> Passover. Most commonly that the mitzvah for Passover is made with baby blood. Oh, no. Delicious. So the blood libel has been used to justify attacks on the Jews since uh, forever. (laughs) (laughs) Check my watch here. Uh, Yeah, forever. (laughs) We have records of specific cases dating back to the 12th century. I'm sure there are moral panics that predate the Jews are coming to murder our babies, <laughs> but I don't think there's any that are as long lasting or as devastating in their effects. See, and the thing about these moral panics is obviously I could tell whether or not there was a bunch of babies missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, you say that, but it might have been harder to tell back then. Yeah. <laughs> I had six kids yesterday, but <laughs> I remember having seven. Sure is easier to get by now. What is a folk devil? Hmm. That's like the the devil that taught the one guy how to play the fiddle. Yeah. Uh, The folk devil is a devil that makes found art. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, got nothing. (laughs) A folk devil is just a devil that plays bluegrass. (laughs) A folk devil is a person or group of people who are portrayed in folklore or the media as outsiders and deviant and Mm. who are blamed for crimes or other sorts of social problems. Huh. Also more like devil folk. <laughs> That's a much easier word than xenophobia. So in a moral panic, the uh, focus of the moral panic would be the folk devil. Hmm. Like those kids in their damn hoodies. There you go. So, for example, goths became a folk devil after the Columbine shootings. Yeah. Oh, okay. The whole idea that the two shooters were loners, members of the trench coat mafia, and targeted jocks was very popular. In fact, it was all false. Yeah. Was it? I don't remember. Like, I remember hearing all that stuff. I don't remember it ever being like overturned. They weren't <laughs> considered by their classmates to be loners. They did not target anyone in specific. And the trench coat mafia was a group of students who had graduated the school years past. (laughs) Well, they've just been held back for 15 years, so. (laughs) Yep. That's why they went nuts. (laughs) What is backmasking? That's the thing they do to keep tigers from attacking where they wear the mask on the back of their head. (laughs) (laughs) Taking it from me. Um, (laughs) Stolls it. Backmasking is what John McClane did to hold that gun on his back Uh, when he shot uh, Hans Gruber. (laughs) Now, now I don't have anything. Uh, (laughs) You were thinking about Hans Gruber? (laughs) It's it's like when you dress up for Halloween, but your whole back is a mask. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty terrifying. <laughs> so back masking is when something is recorded backward on a record that is intended to be played forward. Ah, like Louie Louie. Or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> what Louie Louie backwards would be you. I seem to remember there's something about Louie Louie backwards, but I don't remember what it was. I think the fear of Louie Louie was it forward. Everybody was afraid of it being played forward. <laughs> but for a while, there was a fear of hidden messages in records when played backward. And this did happen, starting with the Beatles. Yeah. What? What did they hide? Oh, goodness. You'd have to look it up. Ringo's home address. <laughs> it was something that led to the whole myth that Paul was dead. Hmm. But there's no evidence that these messages have some sort of subliminal effect on the listener. Nonetheless, I mean, how could it? Like, <laughs> if you try to think in your head, like a word that you've heard and try to like play it backwards to yourself, it's so hard. <laughs> like trying to do that for an entire album. 
Some states and local governments did try to ban backmasking in the 80s. How? <laughs> How do you monitor that? I want my tax money back. I wasn't paying taxes at the time, but I'd like some of it back. I want a refund. And on top of that, you know, when you're listening for messages and something playing backwards, they become like Rorschach records yeah. and you're going to hear something. Yeah. Sometimes I have a hard enough time understanding lyrics played forwards. Hey, this is my mother's secret recipe for stew. <laughs> what does B-A-D-D or bad stand for? <laughs> B-A-D. That, is just, that just seems like one of those anti-drug things that yeah, they make uh, kids do. It's brothers against dude devils. <laughs> uh, boys against doobie dealers. <laughs> <laughs> there's big angry devil daddies dongs (laughs) so this stands for bothered about dungeons and dragons oh i should have known that one (laughs) bothered (laughs) i mean it doesn't we're kind of upset about this This was an organization founded by a woman named Patricia Pulling after the suicide of her son, who played D&D. He also likes Sprite. Do you want to condemn that, too? Correlation is not causation. Well, she sort of learned that other people felt that way when she tried to sue the company, but the case was thrown out. There's a lot of laughing. That's dumb, but thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Evidence was presented that gamers actually have a lower suicide rate than non-gamers. Yeah, interesting. Because they're too busy playing games. Can't leave your uh, campaign hanging. <laughs> also in attacks against D&D at the time, there were the Chick Tracks claiming D&D spells actually could summon demons. <laughs> wow. It's the best thing in the world. I don't, I don't remember this. Chick Tracks, like this guy made these hyper-religious comics. and They're super, super racist and anti-Semitic <laughs> and anti-Catholic. <laughs> it seems like getting away from the plot a little bit. <laughs> oh, there's lots of them. Only oh. one is about D&D. Oh, I see. Like in the, in the D&D one, it's like, oh, don't go with those kids. And it's like these cool kids are like, they're the D&D kids. <laughs> <laughs> they're badasses and they do witchcraft and shit. Like, what? That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Again, that's me. <laughs> also, after a, another suicide that was falsely linked to D&D, there was the movie Mazes and Monsters starring mm, yep. Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, Tom Hanks, I like you, but uh, that one was a, a bit of a misstep. He was young. Yeah. It's a great scene, though, where he's in the phone booth screaming like, I think I killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, they can't all be winners. More recently, in 2004, a prison banned D&D under the premise that it promoted gang activity. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, those gangs would be so much better, though. <laughs> Just roll dice at each other all day long. <laughs> I critted. Go to the nurse's office. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So let's get into our stories. It seems appropriate that we should start this particular moral panic at the beginning, which actually we know pretty well. So Jesus was born. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And he's, at the seventh day, he was like, this is pretty fucking good. Now nobody <laughs> can work on this day. <laughs> We've already covered some of the things that were sort of in the zeitgeist at the time, like the rise of fundamentalism, the focus on sexual abuse and the like. And then there was this book. It was a Canadian book by an author named Loris Pazder and his wife, Michelle Smith. The book was called Michelle Remembers. Okay. Michelle Smith was his patient Hmm. originally. And originally, they were married to different people, which should say something about his psychological ethics. (laughs) Um, Wait, what was he? 
He was a psychologist. Oh, okay. And he made some lady remember being married to him? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm about to get into what she remembered and what is in this book. Under hypnosis, Michelle recalled a childhood of ritual abuse in the 1950s. This included being imprisoned in cages among live snakes, forced to watch as member of her mother's cult slaughtered kittens in front of her, and an 81-day straight ritual in which the cultists literally summoned Satan. Wow. (laughs) This sounds like the 50s. Time-traveling D&D players... Now, these memories were verifiably false. (laughs) Says you never went 81 days without someone seeing you. Yes, they have her school (laughs) records. She was in class at the time. (laughs) It just seemed like she was in class. That was a lesser demon. Yeah. That was an imp. Despite this, the book caught fire. (laughs) If you rubbed it too fast together. (laughs) The psychologist Pazder started on the talk show circuit and Smith was interviewed by Oprah. Hmm. Opa. The idea that satanic cults were lurking in your backyard, kidnapping and abusing children, and otherwise uh, causing mischief, took the world by storm. Reducing our kitten surplus. (laughs) (laughs) This was really, really big in the US, but we see it in Australia, in New Zealand, in Great Britain. It was everywhere. All the English-speaking former colony countries, anyway. (laughs) These memories were fetched during hypnosis to uncover repressed memories, and this became very popular with other people. And because they were being hypnotized and being asked very suggestive questions, lots of people started remembering satanic abuse. (laughs) Starting to sound like the Salem trials, like there's suddenly witches everywhere. A bunch of copycat memoirs came out. Of course, they were all in fiction. (laughs) This one's called Lester Recollects. It would be nice if they were all in fiction, but they weren't. (laughs) And the authorities started looking everywhere for these Satanists that were clearly lurking in our bushes. (laughs) One of the big focuses of all the ire was childcare center and preschools because the fundamentalists didn't like them already. And now they were sure Satan was lurking there. Preschools? Mm -hmm. Why don't they like them? (laughs) Because mom should be staying home and watching the babies. Uh, (laughs) Wearing her shoes. And preschools are what's crumbling our society. I mean, think about it. A bunch of older women taking our children. They're witches. Oh, okay. And they make the cutest cults. (laughs) Tiny hats and robes. (laughs) They can't quite get the chants down. (laughs) Always spilling their blood all over their smocks. (laughs) I can't hold my waist to kill the kitty. (laughs) (laughs) tripping over the long robes. It's adorable. (laughs) I want to read this as a comic. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'll start another panic. (laughs) Okay, so there were over a dozen preschools preschools and child care centers <laughs> that were put on trial during the satanic panic but we're going to focus on the first big one which was the McMartin preschool and this was the longest and most expensive trial in American history wow what it lasted 7 years and cost taxpayers 15 million dollars <laughs> don't want that refund <laughs> I want my money back Despite this, the trial led to no convictions. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) That said, it traumatized hundreds of children, ruined the lives of the staff, and one of the principal defendants was in prison for five years for a crime he didn't commit. (laughs) Come on, guys. Is it a crime to summon Satan? (laughs) I mean, honestly. Yeah, look that up in the law book, I dare you. 
But seriously, though, if they could actually summon a devil, they couldn't be arrested. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool, right? <laughs> Most of the crimes were about abuse and molestation. Okay. Poor devil. Science might have some questions if suddenly there was a devil in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so the case against McMartin Preschool started when Judy Johnson contacted police saying that one of the staffers there, Ray Buckley, had molested her son. I never trust anybody with an alliterative name. <laughs> <laughs> the police investigated, as they should have. Yeah. Sure. While they found no evidence of the molestation, they sent a letter to all 200 parents who had children at the school requesting they talk to their children about any encounters with Buckley. Or the devil. (laughs) (laughs) This is still okay, if sort of a weird approach. Might have been better to reach out individually. That seems like defamation if they're suddenly condemning him to all these people, like even if they aren't flat out saying he's done this already. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the issue. Johnson was a schizophrenic. Hmm. Who expanded her (laughs) accusations to include Buckley having taken Johnson's son to a church where the boy was made to watch a baby being beheaded and then forced to drink the blood. Wow. Andy, you went to church. That ever happen? (laughs) Only on on, like the rowdy Sundays. (laughs) Like when they they had the band up there playing the folk music, like they'd also be chopping babies up. Mm. You just get caught up in the spirit. (laughs) She also included Buckley of sodomizing her son while his head was in the toilet and taking him to a (laughs) car wash and locking him in the trunk. (laughs) That's such a weird... (laughs) Okay. I could see requesting that as a kid. What, sodomized? No, the, the car wash thing, Andy. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know your particular tastes. <laughs> she told police that Buckley had pranced around the preschool in a cape and a Santa Claus costume, <laughs> and that other teachers at the school chopped up rabbits and placed them in some sort of circle, as well as making a star mark on her son's bottom. If it was a Krampus costume, they might have a case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she also said Buckley flew. Huh. <laughs> to work every day. At this point, the police should have said, well... Okay, we're going to have to investigate these one at a time, ma'am. So if you could just write these down. Of course, by the time they figured out she was schizophrenic, the letter had gone out to parents and they were understandably concerned. Be on the lookout for flying molesters. (laughs) They just swoop in like a hawk and take your kid. It's like the videos where the eagle comes and picks up a kid out of the park or something. Parents were encouraged to have their children submit to interviews with a consultant from an agency that deals with abused children, which again, seems like a good idea. Except that the interview techniques of the time involved asking incredibly leading questions and rewarding answers that indicated abuse with praise while reacting negatively to any time abuse was denied. Hmm. Now, when I read that, I was a little skeptical, but I actually read transcripts of some of these interviews, and it's amazing how aggressive the questioning was. (laughs) We're talking kids of six, seven, and eight, and in one of them I read, the conversation was happening through puppets, so all the questions were addressed to Mr. Alligator, but at one point- But Mr. Alligator doesn't take no for an answer. When Mr. Alligator (laughs) didn't remember the abuse being asked about, the interviewer literally responds- what good are you? You must be dumb. <laughs> what? To the kid or the alligator? Well, the child was puppeting the alligator to answer the questions. Oh, I see. <laughs> like, I don't... Shaking the kid's hand with the puppet. <laughs> Just tell me the, the man touched you. <laughs> Who are you protecting? In each of the interviews I read, the child started out flat out denying any abuse, then being conjoled, criticized, and coached into remembering what they're told the other kids have already reported. (laughs) Now read from the card. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't read yet. I'm in preschool. Not you, Mr. Alligator. <laughs> Mr. Alligator will read from the card. As the interviews went on, the children's descriptions became more and more elaborate. Soon there were secret rooms and tunnels. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Coolest I mean, preschool ever. Seems disprovable. The school was searched and the ground dug up by an archaeological firm, <laughs> but nothing was found. Just gotta get deeper. <laughs> it's turning into the burbs now. <laughs> you said my scouts didn't you? <laughs> oh, that was about Satanists, wasn't it? The kids also described digging up bodies from a local graveyard at the teacher's instruction. With tiny little spades. <laughs> being sexually abused at circus houses and in car washes. With tiny little spades. <laughs> and watching animal sacrifices at a local church. Then drinking the blood of the sacrificed animals. Awesome. And they have little sippy straws. <laughs> How else am I going to get the essence of rabbit into me? Yeah. After seven years, two trials, and two hung juries... All charges were dismissed. <laughs> you can go about your business. My business is destroyed. <laughs> My seven-year-old is a teenager now. My land is full of holes. <laughs> <laughs> this is only one of many of these cases, as I mentioned, and some of them involved children remembering sacrificed giraffes, wow. chainsaw murders, Ooh, and flights nice. to Mexico. <laughs> wow. All in the same day? <laughs> It's exciting at preschool. Yeah. Yeah, sort of a ritzy preschool. Mom, we flew to Mexico today, and while on the flight, a chainsaw man hacked up a giraffe. <laughs> that could have been an accident. I was excited to get peanut butter crackers when I was in preschool. <laughs> Unlike in this one, in some of those cases, the defendants were found guilty. Oh, with some guilty verdicts being overturned in the last 10 years. <laughs> Again, these were in the 80s. <laughs> Did they ever, there was ever a missing giraffe report? Like, <laughs> well, maybe there just happened to be like a zoo accident that same weekend. <laughs> it was one of these cases where they were like, well, we have to believe that there's a kernel of truth in what these children are saying. <laughs> no, do you do we? not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of lives ruined. And again, going into memory, once you convince these kids these things happen to them, they become convinced these things happen to them. Sure. If I'm raised thinking my preschool is a Satanist place, then I mean, I'll probably believe it eventually. Honestly, how, how hard is it to brainwash a child? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to leave preschools behind and talk about the West Memphis Three. Hmm. So the West Memphis Three case could be an episode of its own, but I want to focus on the satanic panic part of it, so we're going to just give you the highlights. In 1993, the bodies of three eight-year-old boys were found naked and tied with shoelaces. It's hmm. a very long shoelace. <laughs> One of the boys had had his penis skinned and his scrotum cut off. Ah. Oh, like a tiny Moby Dick. <laughs> No. Rumors of cult activity almost immediately took over the community, and suspicion eventually fell on three local teens, Damien, Jason, and Jesse. Oh, Damien, you know. Yeah, I was going to say. Damien, <laughs> oh, oh. in particular, was the focus of suspicion, <laughs> as he'd spent some time in juvenile detention and under psychiatric care. He also wore a lot of black, was a Wiccan, and had the word evil tattooed on his knuckles. <laughs> and just happened to be the son of the devil. <laughs> the fork tail kind of gave him away, too. <laughs> so Jesse's neighbor offered to help the police by befriending Damien and figuring out what he knew. <laughs> she then told police that Damien had taken her to a witch's meeting where she'd witnessed over a dozen teens stripped naked and touching each other. <laughs> That's just called an ordeal. 
orgy, man. <laughs> I think the witches' meeting is held at like the the school gym or YMCA or something. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it's, it's at the Y. <laughs> we only have an hour, so be efficient. <laughs> Her son, a friend of the killed boys, told police first that he'd witnessed naked people in the woods, and later that he'd actually been with the boys when they were murdered, but that he'd managed to escape. <laughs> okay. Both the neighbor and her son later confessed that these were all made-up stories. Why would you do this? So, her story is a little fuzzy. There was a reward, and mm. also she says that the police started putting some pretty heavy pressure on her to turn up results, and she was afraid that they would take her son because she was in sort of an unstable living situation, which could be true. I guess. Because the police weren't doing great. Yeah. So the police interviewed Jesse, who had mild intellectual disabilities, for hours and managed to get a confession out of him. Until he got his story straight. Yes. <laughs> when he got the details of the confession wrong, such as saying the crime had taken place during the day, it had happened at night, and that the kids were tied with ropes when they were tied with shoelaces, they coached him and started again until he got it right. <laughs> no, no. Okay, run the tape back. We have to record over that part. Okay. Look, memorize all this evidence. <laughs> now touch this knife. Jesse recanted his confession and, once found guilty, refused to testify against the other two. Uh, other, other two what? The other two teens. So there were oh. two trials, one for Jesse and one for the other two teens. Oh, okay. And he refused to testify in the other trial. Gotcha. When the case went to trial, the prosecution's case against Damien included the following. He said he believed that everyone had demonic forces inside of them, made observations about the mystical significance of water, <clears throat> had said that the number three was a sacred number in the Wiccan religion. Hmm. Read books by Stephen King. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Throw them away. <laughs> he wore all black and he carried knives. <sighs> well, probably shouldn't be doing that last one. <laughs> Additionally, a search of his room showed that he owned 11 black t-shirts. Wow. <laughs> wow. Why are we even having this trial? He needs, he needs a, more of a variety, I'm sure. But The book, Never on a Broomstick, and a dog skull. <laughs> oh, I can go buy one of those right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get one of those at Natural Selection. Now you have a dog in the other room, Andy. You don't have to go down to the store. <laughs> no, it's the warning for guys. I like that dog, though. <laughs> if you have a dog, do you have a dog skull? Oh, yeah. Technically, you just can't see it. I can't borrow it until he's done with it. <laughs> Additionally, it was pointed out to the jury that the killing happened on a full moon. <laughs> don't know bum, bum, bum. How that condemns this particular child. Werewolf. Closed. So no physical evidence tied the teens to the crime scene, but all three were found guilty. Oh, good. Were any of them missing shoelaces? <laughs> Jesse and Jason were sentenced to life in prison, oh, and Damien was sentenced geez. to death. Oh. Wow. Pardon? In 2011, with witnesses like the neighbor recanting their testimony and new DNA tests showing no signs of any of them having been near the scene, as well as public pressure, the three were allowed to enter an Alford plea, which is a really weird legal thing where they had to plead guilty, but were allowed to what? maintain their innocence. Uh... You that, can go. We just want to hear you say it. <laughs> uh, I did it. They got to like write down that they were guilty and say out loud that they were innocent. <laughs> what the hell? And then the state agreed to release them in return for them not suing the state. Oh, please don't sue us. Oh, God. How they were saying, don't do it again. <laughs> that seems like a terrible agreement. Yeah. Well, now that I've been in prison for so long, I would like to go kill somebody. <laughs> Can't you sue the state like from prison? Is that a thing you can do? Yeah. 
you can afford a lawyer. I mean, they were teenagers. I guess so. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> now they're middle-aged. <laughs> Jesus. One of the three, Jason, was, for reasons you've sort of pointed out, incredibly hesitant to take the plea because it required pleading guilty. Yeah. yeah. But because Damien faced execution, <laughs> he agreed to go along with the others. The state would only accept it if they all plead together. Oh, man. The state then started laughing once they signed the papers. <laughs> Got you now. The contract is signed. <laughs> we were summoning the devil. <laughs> Pretty much by entering a guilty plea, they couldn't say they were falsely accused or that the state had mishandled evidence, which it did. Yeah, that's so messed up. It's now believed by many that one of the boy's stepfathers committed the crime. Hmm. <sighs> so those are a few of the people whose lives were ruined by the satanic panic. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like there's so much of this that's so wrong where it's like, okay, children, you listen to what I tell you and then tell it back to me. This is like an evil slinky. It just like it just doesn't stop. <laughs> and every step is worse than the last. It's an evil slinky in the sense that it just wouldn't work for me if I tried to do it. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so do any of you have any stories? I mean, we play D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you summoned any actual devils? Not that we know of. I mean, my dice don't work so good. <laughs> When I was in sixth grade, I had a teacher who, one, she said we couldn't, like, we, we were supposed to bring in, like, CDs and play our favorite songs, and one kid brought in the Eagles. She's like, I'm not playing Hotel California because that's about the devil. Mm. Okay? And then I brought in uh, Stephen King books, and I was reading them. Because you were a child murderer. <laughs> I, I brought in a, uh, a Magic the Gathering book. From, th these are all from the library, that's by the way. That's two strikes, Andy. <laughs> and she called my parents, like, he's reading these very advanced books. Also, they're devil books. And she took the Magic the Gathering book and used, like, the, the five dots to draw a pentagram. She was like, see? I was like, this is a library book, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've never gotten like, why is it when you're a kid and like, all right, kids, we're going to learn how to draw a star and they show you how. But if that happens in certain circumstances, then it's the worst thing possible. Like, yeah, don't you put a circle around that star. I was trying to emphasize it. If, if swastikas were OK in certain situations, it's just like, I don't get why the same exact thing is bad sometimes. And of yeah. course, my, my parents uh, were, were very angry with me for bringing home a Dungeons and Dragons book from the library and did go over like, yeah, this is devil stuff. Like, I no, I don't care. No, you're killing devils. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a Wiccan kid in a sure. very Christian high school. So there was some pushback, but no one liked me anyway. So <laughs> I just- No one but the devil. <laughs> I just kind of rolled with it. And I mean, they tell you you can sell your soul to the devil for stuff, but he's never given me shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you really tried, Andy? You got to put your heart and soul into it. <laughs> okay. Well, now what do I want? Now that I'm older. <laughs> I remember, uh, so I was a bit of a goth back when I was a teen. I remember Sean and I would go to restaurants sometimes and they would seat us in a separate section from where they'd seated everyone else. So the waitress would have to go to the other side of the restaurant to get our orders. <laughs> that seems kind of nice, though. Yeah, it actually was kind of nice. This used to be the smoking section. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've... As I've mentioned a couple times, I've had like zero religion in my upbringing. And so like I never ran into any of this stuff. But I do think, you know, the color black is cool and chains are cool. But just from an aesthetic point of view, and that seems to be, a, a you know, something that's often overlooked. It's like some people just like, yeah, that stuff just looks kind of cool. So just the other day I was at my mother-in-law's house 
and I brought my Apple TV and we're going through my movies. And she goes, oh, Lord of the Rings, that's devil stuff. I was like, what? <laughs> they are very religious. And like all the time, they're like, oh, I can't let the devil in. Like, I don't <laughs> close the door. You let the devil in. <laughs> it's funny because Lord of the Rings is like super conservative. It's yeah. all good triumphs over ultimate e- evil. Yeah. But no, it's, it's got like orcs and goblins in it, which, you know. I've never heard anybody say that's devil stuff. Yep. You have not met my stepfather-in-law. I have, actually. <laughs> you should ask him his opinion about Aragorn. <laughs> Anything else? No, I think I'm all out of devils. No. All right. So let's move on to what are your morals worth? So as we've discussed, studies show that using the same techniques as regression therapy, one can easily introduce ideas and memories where none previously existed. People will remember events that never happened to them, even crimes they didn't commit. (laughs) So you've been contacted to take part in a study on implanted memory. I told Mm. you, Kelly, I can't. How much would you have to be paid to take part in this study? What's the memory they're going to be trying? They're to not going to tell you. Oh. Because if they tell you ahead of time, they can't implant it. <laughs> I don't think it matters how much they pay me because it's not like I'm going to be able to like exist in society after this and use that money. I'll see, but the memory is you having already been paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember, we already paid you. <laughs> what did I do with it? All I'll give you is like, this is an official study, so it probably won't be like devil worship or sexual abuse. Yeah, sure. It's, if it's an official study, I'll go for it. Give me give me 10,000. Datter my whole perception of reality, though. <laughs> I'm with you, Adam. That's scary stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. I, this is sort of a tangent, but like, I don't have a lot of anxiety or regret in my life. Like, things that happen, they just kind of happened. And I don't have nightmares, but every once in a while, my dreams will sort of give it a shot and it'll like do something that it heard about one time where it's like, oh no, you're in college and you didn't study for your test. And I'm like, well, I never studied forever. Any <laughs> Big test. deal. I did that all the time. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> fine. And so it's just like my dreams are like, oh, okay. And then it just gives up after that. So um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't think it would bother me that much. And it'd be kind of interesting to see the process because, hey, maybe I could write it down and then use it later. Um... So, yeah, I don't know. 5,000? That that sounds fine. Oh, he's, he's undercutting me. I'm going to want a lot, but not a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, I don't have a very strong memory, I think, because I have aphantasia, so I don't form visual memories. So, as it is, like, the memories I have are precious, and I like to believe that they're <laughs> semi-accurate. You get some more. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, some, get some extra ones. You get some memories and they're giving you money. I wonder if it'd be harder on me. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they just have to be very scant with the details. That would be all it would take. <laughs> they're going to describe all the smells. <laughs> but I'm thinking 100,000. I was going to say 50,000 is probably about the lowest I would go. Hmm. Yeah. And that's hoping that whatever memory they implant is not going to be like, you know, very traumatic or jarring. See, <laughs> 10,000 seems like enough. I'll hand me my check. I'll sit down in the chair and just fuck my shit up, man. Say <laughs> <laughs> so 50,000 will get you in the luxury wing at the asylum. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have this week. Thank you for joining us and goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our awesome editor. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can join us on our subreddit, Acid Pop Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast for updates almost every month. Or you can send us an email at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Was that okay? Huh. Yeah, that's yeah, good. As I satanic had heard some of some stories about that, but I hadn't heard really any of those stories. So, Gerard, I'm apologize for fumbling so much today. <laughs> it's all good, Kelly. Satan is pleased. Okay, there are a lot more details. That story is wild to read about. <laughs> those poor teens. So, why did they think it's one of the stepdads? there's a little bit of physical evidence linking him to the crime. And then they found one of the boy's pocket knives, his stepson's pocket knife in his possession. And that was supposed to be on the kid. And someone came forward. I didn't read deeply into this and said that they helped him do it. <laughs> he worked at a shoelace factory. It was the boy's shoelaces they used. Yes, this is the D&D uh, chick tracked at him. Hmm. I especially like this. What spell did you cast, Debbie? I used the mind bonded spell on my father. He was trying to stop me from playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> what was the result? He bought me $200 worth of new D&D figures and manuals. It, it was, was great. great. <laughs> There's a girl who hung herself because uh, her because character died. <sighs> okay. Seconds. Oh, God, those stories were so depressing.